I should have some type of music playing right now, shouldn't I, Hank? What do, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, I'm listening to these other podcasts and stuff, and then people have like, they'll have like music playing at the beginning. We come in with the music later. Yeah. And, and then it's, so it's like, you just start, kind of just start talking here. Yeah. Here we are, uh, 12 or so podcasts in. Nine or 10, 10, 10, 11, 12. I don't know. I don't care. I don't keep track of that. Well, you're, see, you're supposed to be keeping track of some of this stuff for me. What about Billy? And now Billy, no, 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 don't, don't try to blame on Billy now. You're the engineer. You're the, you, so you should actually be running all of this. But the, the truth is, is you go in the, you go in the room, in the kitchen, in my kitchen, in my kitchen. Cause we do this out of my house. You know, we kind of make it sound as though it's like, it's like, it's from some big studio. This is my home studio. You yeah. and Billy and, and, and the announcer, Mr. Announcer guy. And now we've got, now we've got Mr. Announcer guy's brothers and uh, we got Jerry, the music guy. Um, we got Franklin, got Franklin. Yeah, no, but Franklin calls. See, yeah. all you, all the rest of you guys. And, and I love you all. You're all great. Oh, and Reginald, don't call me Reggie. I call him, I call him Reggie Gugu. <laughs> What's, what does he say to Reggie Gugu? I don't know. He looks at me, gives me a look. He says, "Bip bip Okay. Anyways, you guys, I love you all, but yeah, I love you too, James. Now, what is that? I'm giving you my puppy dog eyes. You see, you're trying to manipulate the situation here to change the subject. I look. I have a 13 year old daughter. You don't, don't you? Know, I love you too, James. Who's that? That was that was my impression of you, which you know is a pretty darn good impression of you. It sounds a lot like you. It doesn't sound anything like me at all. All right. Anyways, look, you guys, you're, you're making a mess, and and uh, you don't do your job. You, you just, you hang out in there with all of those guys. You play the Pac-Man machine. I like that Pac-Man. The Pac-Man machine's not just Pac-Man, though. Why they call it Pac-Man? It's got Donkey Kong. It's got Dig Dug. It's got Burger Time. It's got Galaga. It's got Space Invaders. Yeah, okay. It's got all uh, the Donkey Doodoos. And-, and there's no game called Donkey Doodoos. But it's got a good, it's got a lot of games on it, Frogger. I think you already said Frogger. Anyways, I like to play that game. It's got Sinistar. I think I, I am Sinistar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I Okay, we'll talk about that at some other point. So you're talking about the Pac-Man machine I have here in the house that has 28 classic video games on it. Yeah, the classic videos, and uh, the, and and they got I am sinister. I am sinister. Ah, you ought to do that, guy. I want to be the sinister character on the show. I come in, I fly in, I go. I, I am sinister. When you start going too long on time, and then the show goes too long because people say it's too long. Nobody says it's too long. Like one guy at one point said it should be an hour instead of ninety minutes. Well, and then you come in and you go. I am sinister. Ah. I have no idea how we got off on this tangent, Hank. And all I was trying to say is, you're supposed to help me by being the engineer. You should be hitting the buttons and everything. And I do every. I cue the music. I do the sound effects. I do the uh, the the phone things and all of that. Yeah, you're right. You're doing a good job, James. Thank you. All right, can I go now? I gotta go uh, play Mr. Announcer guy on the on the Dig Dug. Okay. Yeah, go play Mr. Announcer Guy on Dicta. Okay, all, all I was saying is maybe maybe we should consider starting with music. And maybe it'd be nice, maybe it'd be nice if you guys uh, helped me out a little bit more and cleaned up after yourselves, too. I'll get Billy. I'll get you. Let me get Billy. Billy, clean up. 
James Stewart. You want me to? You want me to? You want me to? You want me to clean up there? I've been. I was. Uh, I was cleaning up uh, in the kitchen there because uh, Mr. Hank uh, had the uh, onion sandwiches again. Oh, Hank, you're making onion sandwiches for everybody. I don't know what you're talking about. And Billy made the sandwiches. Billy, did you make the onion sandwiches? I. Uh, I like that. You know, I did. I can tell. Anyways, no, Billy, I didn't actually need you. Um, I was just saying that, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have a little help on the podcast. I was trying to come up with some ideas. Maybe you should call your agent, Mr. Franklin, sir. No, uh, maybe I should call. Okay, I'll call Franklin. I mean, I call Franklin and, um, and we'll see. We'll see what he says. Hello? Hello? Brian? 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 Brian, it's James Arnold Taylor, and I was calling for your dad, Franklin. <laughs> Did I wake you up? Yeah. No, uh, yeah? No, I, 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 I was asleep. I know. Okay, so I, I woke you up. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sorry to wake you up, first off. Thank you. Second, it's three in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, it's time, I guess, to sleep for tonight. What, what is, what is tonight? Yeah, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to watch, stay up, watch some movies on the TV. Movies on the Tubi. Yeah, maybe play some biggies. Maybe play some vi- video games, the biggies, as you call them. Right on, dude. You're catching on. Okay, okay. Uh, look, uh, is your dad around? Yeah. Well, can I talk to him? Uh, pancakes. What? Uh, I, want, I, want, I want some pancakes. Okay, well, you know, maybe maybe your dad can make some pancakes for you then at some point. Uh, but first, would could you put him on the phone for me, please? Dad. <laughs> pancakes. Dad! What? Make me some pancakes, dude. Pancakes? I don't know how to pancakes. Ask your mother is pancakes. Phone. What? Phone. I'll be nobody. I'll be to nobody's on the phone. Obi Kenobi, I told you not to call him. Obi Kenobi's on the uh, nobody's on the phone. He'll hear that. He won't. Hello, darling. Obi Kenobi? No, he's he, he's just joking. That's a, <laughs> that's a joke. With it. He's funny because he's a joke. Because he's Obi Wan Kenobi. It's a play on the words. Yeah, I get it. It's not funny. Well, because he does. He, because he's a nobody. Nobody knows who he is. Don't send it. Stop. Well, nobody's not you, McGregor. Okay, look, look. First off, I can hear both of you uh, just plain and fine and simple. And second, I'm on the air. We're doing the podcast. Oh, what? We're on the air. I'm doing... The- oh, come on. I told you not to put me on the phone with the podcast. Oh, Brian, Brian, take the phone. No, I don't. Take the phone. No, I don't. Take the phone. I don't have pancakes. Oh, we can know, buddy. <sighs> okay. Oh. Okay. Nobody wants to help me with this podcast today. Well, 
Welcome, everybody. I'm just going to start it. Welcome, everybody. Um, well, you know what? You know, you know, you know who would help me is Mr. Announcer Guy is always there to help me. Or maybe uh, Mr. Announcer Guy's older brother, Charlton. Hey, Charlton. Yes, James. I'm happy to help. Thank you, uh, Charlton. Um, you get, get, would you mind doing the introduction for the uh, James Arnold Taylor podcast? Maybe something a little different. I mean, I love Mr. Announcer Guy, and it's no offense to him. He's a wonderful guy. Sure. Let me take a crack at it. Okay, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast, talking to myself. Now, here he is, James Arnold Taylor. Well, that's that's very nice, Charlton. That's a different spin on the introduction to the show, and I appreciate that very much. You're welcome, James. I'm going to go whittle something. Yeah, you see, you're joking with me now, aren't you? Yeah, I sure am. But do you whittle? Well, a whittle here and there. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did. Okay, whittle away. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. I, uh, there's a lot of, see, the people, the people on this show, the voices, the voices of the all these guys, Hank and Billy and Franklin and Brian and uh, Mr. Announcer Guy. Who, uh, Mr. Announcer Guy, are you around anyways? Of course, James, I'm always here whenever you need me. But my brother did a wonderful job. Did you learn everything you know about announcing from your brother? Why, yes, I did, James. Do you? I, hey, can you do an impression of your older brother, Charlton? Oh, come on now. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I bet you you can. Well, let me try it like that. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, I, I can't do it. It makes me blush. I, no, <laughs> I don't want to. You know, if he hears that, that is terrible. No, that was actually pretty good. That was a pretty good impression of him. All right. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. Thank you, Charlton. Uh, no thanks to Hank or, or Billy, really. I, 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 although, you know, I don't pay uh, Billy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, well, I don't pay anybody. I don't, I, don't, I don't pay myself. All right. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Really a long introduction here just to get started on this thing. It's called Talking to Myself. It, it, it is me, and that's what I do. And uh, I, I make no bones about it. I don't try to hide it in any way trying to come up with an idea for the uh, podcast here today and why don't I bring in uh, Reginald hey uh, Reginald don't call me Reggie yes James you're very fast to get on that microphone thank you James what 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 do you want you don't seem bothered by me uh, coming in and uh, asking you calling you in here quite frankly it's, it's a relief from Hank and all the others eating onion sandwiches and playing video games <laughs> yeah yeah I could imagine it is okay well well anyways Reginald I I stumbled across some writing, and I thought I thought this. I brought you in because it's kind of a get to know Jack kind of a thing, right? And you know, I wrote a book years ago called Jack Three Sixty Five, Three Hundred Sixty Five Daily Inspirations for the Pursuit of Your Dreams. Is the subtitle? The short title is Jack Three Sixty Five, right? I really like the Jack Three Sixty Five. Thank you. And in the book Jack Three Sixty Five, I try to give people kind of a short, you know. So if if you don't know the book, I think everybody listening to this probably pretty much already knows about my book, Jack 365. And that there's a video version on YouTube, 365 different videos that you can watch where I take you through each page of the book because there's 365 inspirations there. Right, right, right. And that whole thing is about developing a habit 
of seeing your dreams and all of that. And I'm working on another book because right after I finished that book, I actually started writing the other, the next book, and it's called A Quick Start Guide to Your Dreams. And it's based on the fact that there are different, you know, quick start guides for things. Like when you buy something, like do you, you have like a DVD player or something like that or an electronic device. Right. Now, James, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about these, these little like... Uh, graphics and they fold out they're usually like one little piece of paper that unfolds into a big poster and it shows all of the various steps to assembling whatever it is you've bought or you want to plug it in or get to wire it up and all that exactly that's exactly right that's exactly right reginald so this was a quick start guide to your dreams and this book i am actually now revisiting because i i've written it and basically wrote most of the book before and now I'm going back through and I really like what I wrote but throughout that throughout my writings I found some stories in there that I wanted to share on the show today and this one is about the story of how my wife and I came to adoption so I thought that would be a good get to know Jack kind of story and that's why I brought you in. James I think this is delightful I think it's wonderful I think you should go ahead and read the story and I'm going to let you do the thing, but I'm just going to ask the question. And so we'll set it up. We'll make it official. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. So how did you come about the thought to adopt a child? James Arnold Taylor. Okay. Thank you, Reginald. And on that, this is an excerpt from a story I never fully finished, but I'm going to expand upon it after I get to the part that I had read that where it cuts off. And then I'm going to, I'll just expand on that story here. Right. That's, that's wonderful, James. Go ahead. Okay. I entitled this little piece that I wrote called Taking Chances. Here we go. What would be a chance for you? What would be the one thing you feel you just couldn't do without it being a true risk? Okay. Now ask yourself, is it something that if you never do it, you'll feel a little less of who you were supposed to be? For the first 13 years of my marriage to my amazing wife, Allison, we were resigned to the fact that we would never have children biologically due to both of us being unable to conceive for our own independent reasons, which I will hold for now. And while it was always in the outskirts of our minds, we never dug too deep into the possibility of adoption. We both kind of figured this was our lot in life to be a couple without children. So we buried the thoughts and hopes, but it was always hanging out in the outskirts of our desires. And at Christmas time, 2003, while we strung the lights of our tree and pulled out the boxes of ornaments we collected through the years, both together and from our childhoods, we realized that Christmas, while a lovely and favorite time of year for us, was also a very lonely time. We don't have families to go to. In fact, Allison's father passed away on Christmas Eve many years earlier. So Christmas usually was just the two of us and our little dog. Through this realization that this was as good as it would get for us, and while buying toys and sweaters for our little dog, Elmo, was fun, and even more fun to watch him rip open the packages, it wasn't really bringing much more than a deep longing in our hearts to have at least one more life, human life, in our home to share and grow with. So I began imagining what life would be like with a child, with someone calling me dad, daddy, or even pops. The feeling filled me with an undeniable warmth and emotion that I had yet to feel in my life. And so I began to pray about it and ask God what he thought. 
Now, he began subtly, as he does so often with little moments and feelings that would well up throughout my day. Then more blatant remarks, comments, or questions from people that seemed to have died down through the later years of our marriage began to come up again. Questions like, so do you think you'll ever have kids? Uh, you know, you can always adopt. Hey, you make a great dad. But it wasn't until I took a real chance and sat down and just said it out loud to the one person that it all really mattered to, my wife, Allison. It wasn't until then that I realized it was a chance worth taking. What do you think about adoption? I asked her. She didn't do anything that you might expect because, frankly, Allison never does. That's one of the things about her I love so very much. She didn't break down and cry and say that it was a longing she'd been holding back. She didn't say she would only have a child from her own body and never consider the thought of someone else's child becoming ours. She didn't even say, I've been thinking the same thing. She simply listened to me talk about my change of heart and new longing to be a father to someone out there. Then, when she heard all that was to be said, she waited a little longer and said the most logical thing that could be said. Let's look into it. Now, you might be saying, well, what about her thoughts? What did she think about it? To understand Allison's response, you have to understand Allison. And while this writing is not about the inner workings of my life and marriage, I can say this. Allison is the most sensible, thoughtful, unselfish, God-fearing person I've ever met. So for her to simply say, let's look into it, meant she was as interested as I am and didn't feel that she needed to repeat all the same issues I was feeling, but with her name inserted into the sentence. <laughs> and that's, that's where I stopped writing uh, this particular story. But I can expand upon this now. So once we decided, little things started happening, as I said. People started asking us questions that they hadn't been asking us in a long time. So when we were first married, people would say, so when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? You know, and it'd be like, well... Our response was, we can't have kids because neither one of us could, could have kids. My wife had, well, I'm, I know she's fine with me mentioning this. She had had, since she was 13 years old, a condition they call premature ovarian failure, which meant essentially at the age of 13, her body kind of went through menopause. Now, the thing about that is, is when you're 13 years old, generally you're not thinking about having kids. So when the doctor said to her, you'll never have children. She went, well, okay. I'm not really thinking about that right now. As she got older, the words he used burned in into her, into her soul and into her subconscious, you see. Words matter. And then her parents did something that they didn't realize they did. They took on those same words as the doctor. He didn't say, You'll never be able to biologically have a child. You'll never be able to conceive a child within you, within your womb. He said, you'll never have children. You'll never be a mother. Those were the words that were used. I don't think he was intentionally trying to be mean or anything at all, but that's how he worded it. So that's how her parents worded it. And that's what became the mantra. You'll never have children. You'll never be a mother. So after Allison's Let's Look Into It, there was a wave of other things because we then also gave it up in prayer. So that's how our marriage works. We 
We want something, we desire something, we think about something, we wonder about something. We then get together, the two of us, and we pray about it. And we pray together. We pray together as a family. I am one of those people that, look, if somebody says, will you pray for me? I don't sit there and go, yeah, I'll do that later. I pray for them right then. So if, if, like in emails I get from all of you, if people say, oh, will you pray for me? I say prayers. And a lot of times if I respond to the email, I will respond with a prayer. because. It's just kind of like, it's something that I, I've grown up with. I don't know where it came from. I was, I was thinking about this the other day, an analogy to this. I am the type of person that when I eat something and dirty a dish, I cannot then just put it in the sink, fill it full of water and leave it. I have to wash it. That's been in me. Uh, I don't, I don't know exactly where that came from. That may have come from my mother. Uh, it, I know that she grew up in a a place in time where she had to deal with a lot. She had to grow up way too fast. And so she learned her own tricks and things to kind of keep herself sane and and alive. So I think there was a, you know, where she grew up with a house of lots of dirty dishes and things. So she learned to just do the dish right away. And I I think that that is where I learned this this thing within me because now I just don't, I cannot have dirty dishes. I cannot just, so I have to wash them right then. And the thing about it is it's a wonderful trait to have because you never deal with a mess. You get through the messy parts of your life right away. You see? So when somebody says, this is what I'm going through, I then go, I'm going to pray for you right now. And if it's appropriate and they're okay with it, I will pull them aside, put my hand on their shoulder, and I'll get close to them and I'll start praying in their ear, whatever it is that's going on with them. That's the type of thing I want you all to inherit from me with your lives, is the ability to say something and then do it. Why is that important? Well, because otherwise it gets put off, it gets dirty, it gets messed up, it can anger somebody else. It can hurt somebody else. It can become a promise that's never kept. So anyways, that's a a bit of a tangent off of the story of adoption. But when Allison said, let's look into it, then it was also, let's pray about it. Once we then prayed about it, then God could move. That's the other important reason why it's, it's great to do it. It's just like washing those dishes. Back to that analogy. If I put the dish in the sink and leave it there, it can get dirty. It can get you know, germs, ants, bugs, whatever, you know, all that stuff, right? Stink, whatever, okay? But if I clean it right away, I put it in there, and now it's ready to be used again. And the space is ready to be used for other things, new things, new cooking, new, n- new possibilities. So once you give that up in prayer and you give it to God, then God goes, now I can use it. Now I can do something with it. So we did that. And all these little things started happening. Like people going, again, things that hadn't happened since, you know, we'd been married 13 years. So people weren't really asking anymore. They kind of went, okay, well, you guys have been married a long time. You're not going to have any kids. All of a sudden, after we prayed, we start getting people going, so do you think you'll ever have kids? Well, would you ever adopt? I mean, like within a week, I had, I think, two or three people say, so would you ever consider adopting? You'd make such a great dad. So I felt that was God's way of communicating to me that he heard me. And I was asking for confirmation that this would be something. Is this something, God? Should we consider adoption? 
I start getting these questions. Then I remember thinking about uh, international adoption. And so we had gone and looked into domestic adoption. And I'll be honest, and, and you know, this may not be politically correct. And uh, some of you that are adopted and stuff may know differently than me. And there's been many books and stuff. And we've re- I've read many, many books on adoption and such. But domestic adoption used to be much like uh, international adoption was for us, where there might be a child left at a hospital or at the fire station or whatever, you know. And you may never really know who the parents are. And you just then take this life in, make it a part of your family. Well, with domestic adoption nowadays, there's a lot of legalities to it. So you have to go through an attorney. So we hired an attorney. And and then the biggest thing we found out is we would have to know the birth mother. We would have to actually care for the birth mother, pay for her medical expenses, uh, get to know her, invite her into our lives, into our family. And then after the child is born, she has... X amount of time. Now in California, I, th- I think it's quite a bit of time. It's, it, it might even be over a year that she has to where she can then decide she wants the child back and she doesn't want to have him up for adoption, which could be extremely painful. The possibilities of, of going through all of this and, and yes, financially, and I don't want to make it sound like it's about finances, but you could spend tens of thousands of dollars on this and, and all of that. And then the person can change their mind and take the child back. And now you are left with nothing and kind of have to deal with the loss of a child like a death in the family. It can be a very emotional, big thing. Now, I don't mean to give all the negatives of domestic adoption. There's wonderful stories of beautiful things happening with domestic adoption. But the laws now and the way we were seeing it was, okay, we're going to have to invite not just the, the child in, but the child's mother. And then they 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 said that you have to keep in touch with them pretty much at least for the first five years, but pretty much for the rest of their life, they encourage you to keep them in touch. So to us, that didn't really feel like adopting as much as caring for somebody. Now, and that's great, but, you know, I want to feel as though this child is part of my family, that they would want to call me father. They would want, you know, so domestic adoption didn't really feel like it was the right choice for us. Um, The laws there are such that, you know, it's really more so about all of those things that I mentioned. So international adoption, especially in China, was very much so that there is a massive amount of children, especially little girls, because in China they're not wanted. And then there's the one child law that are needing homes and they have been abandoned because it's illegal to give up a child in China. So they abandoned them in ways to where they could never be traced. The parents could never be traced. Now, that's a very sad thing and that's hard. But at the same time, these children want and need homes. Well, they're babies, you know, they need to find homes for them and and they just need parents. And so that was very appealing to us. So I was going, is international adoption from China the right thing, God? I remember I'm, I'm asking him, I'm praying, I'm driving home from my agents out in Beverly Hills and I had to drive all the way back home. It was a long drive and I'm driving through this little neighborhood and I'm, I've literally just finished praying and I look up off to the side and I see on the sidewalk an older gentleman walking with his, what would appear to be his granddaughter 
And he is a white guy like me. And he's walking with a little Chinese girl, little Chinese toddler. And I went, okay. <laughs> See, to me, that, that's, that's undeniable. That's God speaking in my life. Just like the people bringing up adoption after we had never had anybody mention it for years until we asked God, should we consider adoption? All these little signs, you see. But one of the biggest things to get over was Allison's whole thing of, you'll never be a mother. You'll never have a child. The words that this doctor burned into her. So we had to work through that. Now, this is a, there's a bigger story here. This is very, very, this is as personal as it gets me telling you these stories. But there's a reason for that. Because you're all listening to this on a personal level. You have, you have committed to my podcast on a personal level. And you want to know for yourself how to make decisions, how to move forward in life. What is holding you back? What is pushing you forward? So that I'm going to continue telling the story to hopefully give you an analogy or you know something you can compare with in your life and ask, what are the what are the burned words into my soul from you know a family member a friend uh, some a bully uh, whatever somebody that said something that burned into me in a way that I can't let go of it and maybe if I could I'd have a new life so once Allison was able to look at that speak it out pray about it and give it up and say you know what that was just somebody's words. That was something that was put upon me. But that doesn't mean that's who I am. Okay? You are not what other people have put upon you. You're not. It look, and, and that can work both ways. Even if they say you're the greatest thing in the world, you have to know for yourself who you are and what you are. You cannot just take on what other people say. So it was a long journey um, of a, you know, I want to say like a month or so of real reflection and working through it and her talking to her mother. Because again, her father had already passed away. Very sadly, Allison's father passed away on Christmas Eve back in, 21 years ago. And her father was a wonderful man. He was, a, he was truly a wonderful man. And um, her mother was a wonderful woman who passed away. She passed away just uh, three years ago. But when this happened, Allison called her mother and said, we're thinking of adopting. Now her mother said, oh, that's, that's wonderful. She said, but I need to tell you, mom, there's these things that I need to get off my chest that were painful, that happened, that I need to voice. And because you were a part of it, and I know you didn't do anything intentionally, but you were part of it. I need to talk it out with you. And she did. And her mom listened and they cried together and they, they got through it. And her mom apologized, you know, oh my gosh, you're right. I never would have even thought. I was just kind of saying it the way the doctor was saying it. And I don't think the doctor meant to harm you in any way with his words. No, I don't think so either, mom. And they talked through it, but it happened. See, again, people say things. People just say things and they don't realize the, the effect they can have on people. 
But you see, they worked through it. They got to the other side of it. So communication, essential. Speaking out these things, essential. Writing it down. So it got us to the next level. So what is it today in you that is burning a hole in your heart? That is keeping you from feeling you can accomplish what you want to accomplish? Because I got to tell you, once those things were out there, Allison went, oh, I can be a mother. And there's, I mean, there's so much, there's 13 years prior to that of us dealing with, you know, the medical condition she had and all of that and stuff too. And, and other doctors kind of putting that upon her as well of, well, you know, you can't, and, and she was part of medical studies and stuff because it's not something that everybody has. It's, it's a pretty rare thing for her to have this premature ovarian failure. And we had to ask God too, God, what does this mean? Why did you give us this? Now, uh, you know, I, I, as a young man, had scarlet fever. And there's this, uh, so scarlet fever can make you sterile. So there was a, a great possibility that it could be both of us that could not actually reproduce and have children biologically. So that was wonderful on one hand because she wasn't alone, you see, and nor was I. Neither one of us was to blame. And actually, we were meant to adopt. So the whole thing got us to this point of seeing the way we were supposed to be parents was to be adoptive parents, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Even in the Bible, it talks about we are all adopted into God's family. We're all adopted. Do I look at my child, my daughter, as anything other than my daughter? I think of her as my biological child. In fact, Allison and I will joke and we'll say, I'll say like, well, she gets that from my side of the family and that from your side. And then we go, oh yeah, biologically she doesn't, but it's as if she does. People will say to my wife and my daughter that they look alike. Now my daughter is Chinese. My, my wife is, is Native American and Irish, you know? Uh, so she's got a very kind of, you know, European-y kind of look to her, but uh, they both have dark hair and, and such, but it's funny. So they, but they do, they kind of look alike now. So it's, it's letting go and allowing God in to heal those spaces in our lives. And you go, James, I don't believe in God. I know you talk about God all the time, but I don't believe in God. What I would say to you is, what's it hurt to give it a shot? To say, you know what? Okay. I, I relate to everything James is saying, except for the God stuff in this story. I believe there's stuff holding me back and I can't get to it. Well, give it a shot. I can, look, I can't, I can't tell you what to do from your perspective. I can only tell you from my perspective. I didn't come to know God until I was uh, 20, 21. So it wasn't until then that I really started seeing things fulfilled in this way. And that's, that's how it works for me. So I'm sorry, I can't give you any advice other than the advice that has worked for me, which is give it to God. And he always comes through, whether it be from little things like seeing, a, thinking, you know, thinking something and then seeing, you know, thinking, oh God, should we adopt from China? And then two minutes later, seeing a, a man walking with his little adoptive I'm guessing. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe, you know, maybe someone in his family is Chinese. I don't know. But what I saw was a Caucasian guy walking with a little Chinese girl. And there you go. 
Should we adopt, Lord? And then people coming up, you know, you always could adopt out of the blue. Then coming to the conclusion, see, here's the other thing that was amazingly healing about it all. Coming to the conclusion that what Allison's true want in life was, was to be a mother. She's my manager and, and she manages my stuff and she does all of that and she's fantastic at it. And she, she manages our house and our business and all of that too. But what she really had wanted was to be a mother. And guess what? Now that she is a mother through adoption, she's the most fantastic mother I've ever met in my life. She is the epitome of a mother. She embraced it. So what is it? within your life today that you feel like has been maybe burned out of you through words or actions, but you've always felt it there. doesn't mean it's going to become your living. It doesn't mean it's going to be how you make your living, but it, it may very well be something that brings absolute joy to your life and gives you fulfillment in a way you currently don't have. Okay. So I wanted to share that incredibly personal story with you all because one, you're all taking this journey with me on this podcast. Uh, and two, someone may need to hear this today and it may be you. And if it is, I'm so glad God put it on my heart to share this and to get you to hear it today, no matter what you believe. Okay. So, hey, another wild and crazy part of the podcast. Let's shift those gears, what do you say, and go to that final part of the Filoni Files. Let's cue the music for the Filoni Files. Jerry, Jerry the Music Man. Yes, sir, James. Here you go, the Filoni Files. Fling it away. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Okay, Jerry, thank you. It's the Filoni file. So Dave Filoni, I interviewed Dave, the uh, supervising director of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Now, let me let me set this last one up here of the Filoni files, the part four. And it's it's its own little thing, because in this particular one, there's some stuff that I need to say beforehand. So you understand. Now, remember, this was recorded about five years ago. So this was before Rebels came out and we make a reference to this cartoon that Dave is working on. And that's Rebels. That's what we're talking about. Because Clone Wars has now ended. Kathleen Kennedy is is in charge now. We talk about all of that. And, and we're both at Rancho Obi-Wan doing this interview where they're having a big gala, a big festival that night to celebrate Rancho Obi-Wan and to raise money for it. And it was an anniversary thing. And I was performing pieces from my stage show, talking to myself and Dave was getting up and speaking. And there was, so that's what was about to happen later that night. So we referenced those things in this interview. So you'll hear that, but also Dave tells the story of how he came to Lucasfilm. And so it's a really great story, but you also have to remember now. So this is done five years ago so this was before any of the movies were announced or or made this was before 
any of this stuff uh, that we all kind of now look at as regular Star Wars stuff. It's before Rebels. It was before all of that. So just giving you that before we listen now to the final part of the Filoni Files, the final chapter of my time with Dave Filoni, Supervising Director of Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars Rebels, and uh, Resistance and beyond. But this was back then. For you now, the Filoni Files conclusion. Let's wrap it up. Sure. And let's wrap it up then with the telling of, because so you say. Oh, how I got my job. Yeah. The Star Wars job. And because you had said. Yeah, I know. But I just love, (laughs) you say, oh yeah, sure. If I can get George Lucas calls up and says, you want a job. And then we cut to how how much later? Like a week. And you're in his office. Oh, well, that was like a month later. Yeah. A month later. Hilariously. You're in his office with your sketchbook. There's a prequel. As okay. in all good Star Wars okay. stories, there's a prequel to this story. All right. um, my friend Pete Mikas and I, and he was the guy from Pittsburgh. I met him one day in Pittsburgh PA at an animation studio I worked at. And then he, you know, nice guy. And he said, he's going to California. So I said, okay, wow. Yeah. Just like that, you're gone. And he left. And I thought, I'll never see that guy again. Well, when <laughs> I moved out to California and I interviewed a film role and this wonderful woman, Phyllis Craig, um, she said, you know, we have an intern here who worked, he was from Pittsburgh. Oh. I said, really? She says, you might know him. I'm like, yeah, sure. Because I know everybody in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. I walk in and here's this guy, Pete. And I thought, oh my gosh. So instantly, you know, that solidified our friendship. And, sure. and Pete's a huge Star Wars fan, just like me. Loves Star Wars. Well, we sat across from each other in King of the Hill. And we would talk about Star Wars every day. Because th- these were the days in 97 and 98. Yeah when Phantom Menace was building and building and building and the, yeah. the old movies had been re-released in special editions and he and I would talk and talk and talk. We drove people nuts with this, you know? And um, someone finally came up and said to me, Dave, what are you going to do? What are you two going to do? There are only three of these new movies coming out and then they'll, you'll be done. And, and what are you going to do then? You have nothing to talk <laughs> about. I, I literally said to him, well, I'll just convince George Lucas to give me the property and I'll just keep making it. This is years before, right? This is 1998 probably. So flash forward to working at Nickelodeon. Yeah. You know, and I'm working there and Brent says to me, what would you get you off of working on Airbender? I said, well, if George Lucas called and offered me a job, yeah. I'd go do that. And we're laughing, you know, because pretty much by that point, Revenge of the Sith was just about to come out. It was about right. two months away from that. And we're like, Star Wars is going to be over. And then what the heck are we going to talk about? Yeah. Well, I get a call from Lucasfilm a week later at Nickelodeon. And is this woman, Catherine Winder, saying they're making Clone Wars? I thought, well, you've already done that. Yada, yada, yada. How, this is a joke. This is one of the guys from SpongeBob. This is Vince Waller. Literally, you're thinking somebody's pulling your leg. Oh, yeah, this happens in animation all the time. Yeah, sure. Oh, someone deeply cares about that? Oh, we're going to, this is going to be hilarious. (laughs) I would call people as Michael J. Fox. See? To to do jokes for people because people would ask me to do it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So I thought that, luckily, I didn't say enough that was rude to make her hang up. And she had scheduled a lunch with me that she almost regretted um, (laughs) by the time she got off the phone. But- I hung in there, and when I realized it was real, I thought, oh, wow. So I set my sight on the next logical goal, which was there's no way I'm getting this job because <laughs> I've never done CG animation before. Oh, okay. And you knew going in that it was going to be gonna CG. It was going to be CG. Yeah, okay. they said it was going to be CG. thought, well, there's no way because I just don't know anything about that. Yeah. But uh, I would love to meet George Lucas. And I thought, man, I'll get to meet him. I just want to meet him. Yeah. And then I'll be cool when I'm in line for Revenge of the Sith, all the story that nobody else has. I'll be, uh, <laughs> maybe cool. Because, you know, it's still all about that, right? 
And, uh, you know, I met him finally. I, I made it through the interviews to have to go meet him because for my job, you had to get it uh, a sign off from George Lucas himself. And uh, that I went in, met with him in his office, in his office at the ranch. Yeah. And uh, came out, went back to the green room after the meeting, thought, well, that was great. Yeah. Now that's over. And they came immediately out of his office and said, he liked you. You have the job without (laughs) even a consideration of what I take it or not. Yeah. Which people probably think was a no brainer for me. But the reality is my wife and I had to move. Yeah. You know, we had to leave all our friends, everything we knew. It was a big deal, but you know, it's paid off. Well, we took, we took the chance. And uh, we haven't looked back. And now, and and we we cut it short because again, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. That's here. fine. Uh, this is fun. For here me to talk we to are, you. you know, all this time later. Now and, we're at Rancho Obi Wan, and that, we're at so we're that's at kind of led down a path. We're literally at Rancho Obi Wan, <laughs> and um, and I'm going to go on stage and do a bit of for my show, and all that. But and then you're having lunch with him still, and you oh, George, and you yeah, talk to George, of course, because yeah. basically. Whatever George Lucas knows and thinks about Star Wars, there's one other guy on the planet at this point that knows that, understands that, understands his way of thinking. Well, and and I, that's my opinion. Know, there's other people. I appreciate that. But I'm saying it's somebody that you know, is that has worked with him hands on for the last mm-hmm. eight nine years about Star Wars. That's that's you, and that's really been a wonderful thing. So, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that the lucky thing about it is that George over the years has had so many talented people working on Star Wars. Ben Burke. Yeah, and it's Matt certainly Wood, not to say that Dennis there aren't Spearing. other people, that, but I'm so just saying. We have all kind of, those of us, the, the you know, if we if we dare to call ourselves Jedi Knights, the You're last of us that are left, yes, you know, that are now taking Lucasfilm forward into this new era, we are banding together to try and make the strongest foundation that we can for the post-George era. And that's, yeah our big responsibility. And, and the, the greatest part of that to me is Kathy Kennedy. I've, you know, obviously I've met her and I've talked sure, with her and sure. I think she's just fantastic. And to have someone that very much comes out of that same, you know, era of filmmaking that experienced it. An amazing. You, you can talk the same way you talk film story with her that I did with George. So it's, it's, it's great. And her involvement and excitement in what we're doing you need that. You need so you that have, in some way. Yeah, so. Absolutely. You have some, I guess there's some new uh, animated yeah. show or something. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Wars. that. Well, good luck yeah. with that. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, who well, knows what the kids are into? We tried. We tried to not make it all about Star Wars, but we I think pretty we, we did good. okay. I got a I little. We got hockey in there. Yeah, we got some hockey. We got, <laughs> you know, we could, this whole thing could have just been about hockey. I know. I would have loved that, but I don't know anything about it. We need like Matt Lanter. We didn't mention Godzilla. No. Oh, we didn't mention Godzilla. Lanter doesn't know anything about hockey. Maybe we can do this again sometime. We could talk. We could do one when Godzilla, the new Godzilla comes out yeah okay and i could discuss that and whether i agree with what they're doing or not but <laughs> okay you know let's do it it's, it's fun in life you need things that you're ultimately a fan of and that's why you know when i say that jokingly because i know how hard everybody must be working on that movie but yeah you know the fans of of whatever you and i made clone wars they didn't always like it no but i sure. never got upset about that i never thought well you just don't get it it's <laughs> not about that it's like people feel very passionately about these things. It's why we get to do what we do. And I I find in my experience that what every fan ultimately wants is just to be heard. They're not even always, a lot of creators get that wrong. They're not always asking you to change what you did. Mm. They just want to say, you know what? But I saw it this way. 
Yeah. And and I have always respected that. I mean, it, there is no right. I don't deal in absolutes because I'm not a Sith. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've always enjoyed exchanges with fans. And I mean, it's why I'm here tonight. Yeah. I love the community. I've always, you know, we're in a generation now of filmmakers that were very much a part of that community. When you look at J.J. Abrams and when you look at Joss Whedon, you yeah. know, all these guys grew up fans. All these guys stood in line at Khan. Yeah. You know, guys like Pablo Hidalgo who found, you know, a way to do what they love as a as a job. And I think that's a wonderful time for all of us and why you see so many movies now that resonate with us. Absolutely. Because we're making them because we love this stuff. Well, keep making them, Dave Filoni, please. And I thank you so much for your time. Well, here. thank you, James. And, uh, Great seeing you. I'm yeah, excited you're here. I'm well, excited you're all here. Now we'll go and we'll talk about hockey. So, all oh, right. Great fun. <laughs> And there you go. Wasn't it interesting? It's interesting, right? To come at it from the perspective of what we all know now, then listening to some of the little bits and pieces in that interview that I felt I needed to set up for you there too. Uh, really cool stuff. The end of the Filoni Files. I may make, you know, I may make that its own thing. I may piece all four pieces together as one big long interview and put it up on my YouTube channel or as a bonus feature on the podcast for all of you to be able to listen to. For those of you that are interested, if you're interested in that, let me know and I'll put it out as just its own independent piece of the entire 45 minute uh, or however long it was interview with Dave without any cuts or anything. All right, there you go. My special absolute thanks to Dave Filoni for allowing me to put that out there. Thanks to Lucasfilm uh, and everybody as well for uh, allowing me to put together that nice little piece for you here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. It's fun stuff. All right. Hey, speaking of uh, people uh, and Star Wars, my good friend Matt Lanter uh, texted me and said that he ended up buying an Aston Origin microphone. Now, Aston Microphones, uh, it's a British company, but they have Aston Microphones USA as well. And the Origin microphone is the microphone I'm actually speaking on right now. And it has been the microphone that I have used for every episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. It is also used in Clone Wars Conversations at the end of the show when I do my little segments where we read stuff together so you can see it. It, it is one of the coolest looking microphones you'll ever see. And it's very well priced. And it sounds fantastic. I've done uh, little comparisons on it and stuff, but... You know, the, the proof is in the fact that you listen to this podcast and you can hear. So if people go, well, how do you like the Aston Origin or how do you, how does it sound? It's right here. You're, I mean, this is what you're hearing me on. So uh, this is the, the proof in it. You know, and I do all the voices that you hear on this microphone and uh, it's just a, a great sounding mic at a really good price. So Matt Lanters bought one. Uh, some other voice actors uh, have have bought them as well. And some of you may have heard me earlier. Again, I get nothing from them. I am They're not a sponsor on the show or anything at all. But I would like them to be uh, connected with me in some way. I mean, I'd love to have them as a sponsor. You know why? Because I record the whole show on one of their microphones. It just makes sense to me. I like their product. That's just it. When I like a product, I am very um, loyal to it. And there's a lot of products I've mentioned on my YouTube channel and stuff before. Eating Evolve Chocolate. I love their chocolates. Wonderful chocolates. Uh, Simple Mills Food. I love all their products. Uh, there's so many different... Uh, Mountain Valley Water, uh, which I made the official water of my um, uh, YouTube channel before on the shows that I do. So I just... And generally speaking, I don't usually get... You know, I don't... 
do it to get stuff from them. Although a lot of these companies have been very nice. They send me stuff and all. But what I would ask is, hey, if you're one of the people that, uh, and I know a few of you have tweeted me and stuff. If you're somebody that bought an Aston microphone off of my recommendation, can you do me a favor? And can you tweet Aston? Go to their Twitter. Let's see. Let's look it up. Let me go to my Twitter here. Isn't this cool that you can just have the uh, computer up right here? I can just search Aston Microphones USA. So it is Aston Mics USA. Mics being M-I-C-S USA. Aston, A-S-T-O-N, Mics USA. So that's their handle on Twitter. And I believe on Instagram as well. So on either Instagram or Twitter, let them know that you bought an Aston microphone off of the recommendation of at Jat Actor, James Arnold Taylor, J-A-T Actor. Okay, boy, you know why that would be helpful? Because I'd love for them to see how much I'm helping spread the word, the good word of their good microphones. And also that uh, maybe uh, we can get them on the show and we can talk more about it, maybe even interview somebody from them and stuff, okay? All right. There's my little plug for Aston Microphones, and, and that's my little favor I would ask all of you. So all of you that have, don't make me use the Jedi mind trick. I'll bring Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you will. You will let Aston Microphones know. And see, look it. My, my Padawan learner, Anakin Skywalker, Matt Lanter, took my advice and bought an Aston Microphone as well. So isn't that great? And you know what I'm noticing right now is that they're in Santa Barbara, California. So they're a British company, but their USA part is in Santa Barbara, California, which is my hometown. I was born and raised in Santa Barbara. So Aston Microphones, look at it, it's kismet. We need, we need to uh, connect more. Oh, they've got a new microphone coming out that I'm really excited about. The Aston Stealth. Have you seen this? Wow. It's, they call it the world's most versatile microphone. All right. So anyways... That's, I want to do some, uh, some stuff with you folks, Aston. I think you make a great product and, uh, that is the official mic. Whether, whether you sponsor me or not, it is the official microphone of the James Arnold Taylor podcast is the microphone that I'm talking on right now. And you all listening can tell what a great microphone it is. All right, there you go. Hey, there's the music for Ask Jat. And, uh, you know, we are going to be doing uh, phone calls for Ask Jat now in the new year. I think what I'll do is I'll do that once a month because I think it's going to be kind of a big deal to be uh, taking all of your phone calls and stuff like that. And uh, some people have asked if it would be if I would do it on Skype as well and stuff. Uh, I'll have to see if I can set up a Skype account specifically for the Jat Show. And if so, then, yeah, we can have people sign in on that as well. But I'm going to be using IPDTL's uh, phone patch. Thanks to the folks at IPDTL. Go to IPDTL.com. If you're a podcaster and you're uh, or you're in radio or you're in voice or whatever. Yeah, if you're a voice person and you're doing voice work, uh, union or not union, and where you're patching in with people, IPDTL is brilliant because all they need is Chrome browser. They can patch in with you. You get a mixer and they can mix and, and record on their end and you can mix and record on your end. But it is uh, the the way of i do stuff now if i do phone patches and stuff i use ipdtl and i 
it sounds like I'm right there in the room with them. It sounds like they're right here in the room with me. And it's brilliant, beautiful. And it's a wonderful way that I would do interviews and such on the podcast and other uh, other things. So look into IPDTL. But they're the ones that uh, have the phone service I'm going to be using. So I have a phone number. I'll be giving that out and we'll be uh, doing that. So we'll set it up within the next couple of weeks. We'll do some uh, phone calls. But for now, we're doing Ask Chat old school with the emails. So let's bring in Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey Bob that's lovely you had a little a little hey Bob song I did well it's blue moon the old uh kind of blue moon from the 50s which I love. I think the first time I heard that was on the American Graffiti soundtrack because I'm a big fan of American Graffiti. Hey, everybody knows who wrote American Graffiti, right? George Lucas. That was a George Lucas movie. Really good stuff. In fact, it was before Star Wars and who was in it that was also in Star Wars? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? That's right. Harrison Ford. If you've never seen American Graffiti, you should check it out. Boy, what a fun movie. I loved that movie and what a great soundtrack. Although actually, you know, uh, it was Barbara Rann that was on the soundtrack. Bar- Barbara Ann. I'd say, Barbara Ann, Barbara, take my hand, Barbara Ann, Barbara. You know, that, that wasn't Blue Moon. That's on another one. That's American Werewolf in London. Anyways, sorry. So, what? Uh, hey, there was an email that we didn't get to last time that I wanted to get to uh, last time because it was kind of a Christmassy one. And then the gal actually tweeted me the other day asking, and she was hoping that I was going to get to her, her question. And, uh, and we didn't get to it on the last one, but, uh, well, you, you're nodding. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, indubbly do indubbly do. Yes, I know exactly. Her name is Katharina, Kat, Katharina or, or Katharina, maybe, maybe Kat, Katharina, which is lovely as well. It could be Katharina. Yes. I would say that as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello, Katharina. So go ahead. Read the, read the letter there, Bob. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, it says, Hey there, James. I have to be honest. I never write emails or letters, so excuse me if this turns out bad. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. Hi, my name is Katharina, or Katharina. I am 17 and live in Germany. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for being an amazing person. You always make me laugh and brighten my day. Have you found the one person that always dislikes your videos yet? <laughs> no, we haven't found him yet. Anyways, today is Christmas Day, and I wanted to ask what your favorite present was when you were young, and also if you are familiar with... with now, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. Okay, let me see if I can help you. Let's see. Ooh, no, yeah, you go ahead and try to read it, because I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce that right either. Oh, yes, she says, are you familiar with speculatius, a German type of spice cookie? Speculatius, speculatius, I don't, I don't, I, forgive me, Katerina, if I'm mispronouncing that, all right? And, and if Bob is as well. Yes, yes, forgive me as well. And I have one more question. Do you have a P.O. box where fans can send you actual letters and packages? I hope you will enjoy the rest of the year with your family and friends, and I am so excited to hear you return as Obi-Wan Kenobi in 2019. May the Force be with you. Well, well thank you, Katharina. Katharina. Yes, okay, so uh, you wrote that on your Christmas Day, and it was not Christmas Day, so she wrote that. that, that yeah, December 24th, it was Christmas, Christmas Eve where we were, but she's a day ahead because of, she's in Germany and all of that, so that was written on Christmas Day. I have never had that particular German spice cookie. I have not, but um, I'll look into it, and I'm sure it's, it's wonderful. You know, I'm not a big sweets guy. I don't, do, I don't do gluten, and I don't do refined sugar, so I probably wouldn't be able to eat the cookie, so... I'm sorry, but you know, I, I, I'm sure it's a wonderful cookie. 
And I'm sure many people listening are going, oh, yes, first off, you pronounced it wrong, James. And second, it's a wonderful cookie. <laughs> so, And then your other question, do I have a P.O. box where fans can send actual letters and packages? No, I don't. Um, you know, I did years ago, and a funny thing happened. We had a P.O. box when we lived out in L.A. that was specifically for people to send stuff. And then we moved, or we did. I moved a lot at one particular time when we were dealing with the house that had toxic mold and stuff and we were juggling. It was a big mess. Anyways, I'm drinking water. Are you drinking water? Remember to drink water. Uh, anyways, uh, I had a PO box and you know, people would send stuff and it was really, uh, it's tricky cause you have to keep up with it. And then also people would send me stuff and then they wouldn't send like enough return postage and we ended up having to pay for it and it ended up getting kind of expensive for us to keep the p.o box and to get packages because everybody also was in just sending me packages for me to sign stuff for them and send it back to them and so we don't have it now here's the other thing that happened with that p.o box years went by and after we had not had it any longer but the place was still getting things sent to it and they sent me a package like five years later of a box full of letters and things for people to sign. And so I ended up going back through and sending them all back to people, what, which ones I could. And some of you listening may even be some of those people it, where it took like five years for you to get something back to me from me. But, but no, so it, it, it ends up being kind of a tricky thing to have a P.O. box for me. There's just, I'm, and this is a good problem to have. There's too many folks that want to send me things and want to send stuff for autographs and stuff. And so really, I don't do that. What I do is the best way is, is for if you want my autograph, one, you could go to tops, uh, tops.com and their Star Wars one, uh, their Star Wars account as well. They have a Star Wars uh, website uh, for tops, starwarsauthentics.com. And you can get my signature on some Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff there. But um, I used to work with a place called Echo Base Media. I no longer work with Echo Base Media. Um, had a bit of a falling out there. And uh, so I do not use Echo Base Media anymore. But uh, there is no one way other than going to Comic-Cons or conventions. And I will be going to a lot of cons. In fact, I talked about that. We can conclude. And you know what, Bob? I think we're going to just take this one letter here today. Um, and uh, because I meant to get to it last time. And then I'm going to tell some stories here. So uh, thank you, Bob. Thank you very much for reading that letter from Katharina. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Bob. Thank you. Well, so that was a short ask, Jap, but I'm going to continue on now here. Um, so yes, if you want my autograph, I know a lot of people want my autograph, which is a strange thing to me. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing in life when you get to that point, when you realize people actually want your autograph or your photo or something, it's, it's very strange. And I've gone back and forth on that of like, you know, the fact that people pay for it and stuff and it's, you know, but it is part of, here's the thing, voice acting, it no longer pays the bills the way it used to. And so many of us voice actors have had to supplement our income by doing conventions and things. And, uh, it really uh, does help a lot of folks. Now, I don't do a lot of them. I, I really don't. And when I do, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't sign a ton of autographs and things, but I was planning on hitting some conventions this year in 2019. So I know I have um, a C2E2 in Chicago. And then I also have one, I believe, in Seattle coming up. Uh, I have one in New Mexico. I have one in Tampa. There's a possibility of one in Vancouver. 
There's some other ones coming up. Uh, but so I'm going to be going to a lot of cons this year, kind of try it out again. What I do is I take a couple years on and a couple years off of doing conventions. Last year, I went to London. I had a wonderful time in London. And uh, that was good. In fact, you know what? No, I will look at, I think somebody did send me one. Somebody from, uh, that went to the MCM Comic-Con that I was at. Yes, it was Lewis James. So Bob already left. I'll read this one. Oh, I can, I can, I can come in and read it. No, it's okay, Bob. I got it. I got it. I'll t- okay, indubbly-doo. All right. So Lewis James had actually sent me one asking. Uh, Lewis was at MCM Comic-Con. Huge fan of your work, James. I was at MCM London Comic-Con in May 2018 and got to see your stage show because I performed my stage show talking to myself there, which was great. Meeting you afterwards was a real honor and I still cherish my memories and my signed copy of Final Fantasy X to this day. The series has inspired me to make my own music and your work in the game alongside the soundtrack is always great to listen to. Well, thank you, uh, Lewis. Your podcast has been incredible so far and I hugely appreciate the work you do on it. I can definitely relate to what you're talking about on both the career and religious sides of life. I'm currently in my mid-20s and studying for my master's degree to help with my goal of becoming a soundtrack composer. Uh, And then he gave a link of some of his work. Uh, I'm an agnostic when it comes to religious beliefs, so I appreciate everything you say regarding both topics. And I always put your comments and advice forward whenever I'm stuck in a rut. See, that's great. That's a really, look, look, Lewis is doing what I'm saying. Look, you don't have to be a Christian to listen and take my advice. You don't have to uh, believe in God to take my advice. Although my advice is always give it to God. So, but uh, it's, it's just wonderful. I, here's what I love. I love that all of us are having conversation about it. Right. Because you could, uh, I suppose the one thing I would hope is that you look at my life and you go, it's worked for him and it's cool. And he's not afraid to talk about it. So whatever you do, whoever you are, whatever you believe, if it's working for you, don't be afraid to talk about it and put it out there. And also, if it's not working, to try things that are working for other people. And that's why I always say it. So anyways, so his question is, Lewis's question is, uh, going back to my comments and my memories from the MCM Comic-Con, do you have any favorite memories from any of the cons you appeared in as a special guest? I always reflect on my own memories whenever times are tough, and I look forward to making new ones at future conventions. Thank you very much for reading, and I apologize for it ending up being so long. No, that's fine. Hey, look, you guys can write me however long. You don't have to, if a lot of you do that. You're, you're very sweet. You apologize for writing long emails. You don't have to apologize, all right? I'm here for you. That's why I'm here. That's why the podcast is here. Uh, all the best. Happy New Year, Lewis. And his name is Lewis James. Ah, James, I like James. And Lewis likes C.S. Lewis, which is one of my favorite authors. Thank you, Lewis. Lewis is in the United Kingdom. So, yeah. Uh, Memories of Comic-Cons, I think that does kind of relate, even though um, I had Bob leave and we kind of threw it in as another Ask Chat. I I have many memories of Comic-Cons. In fact, I've made a lot of blogs, uh, vlogs, video blogs on my YouTube channel, you can see, of uh, various cons that I've gone to through the years. And I love going to cons to meet all of you. I really do, to uh, get to see you all. Let Let me say this. If you go to a con and you meet James Arnold Taylor, don't feel you need to shake my hand. Now, I know that... The way that sounds, here's the thing. I'm trying, so when I go to cons, I shake everybody's hands because again, I'm a people pleaser and I want to connect with you all. But I'm probably better off doing the old Howie Mandel fist bump. Let me explain why. Not just because I'm a germaphobe, which I'm a, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe and I have to be because of my work as a voice actor, but mainly because of this. Uh, a few years ago, I did some cons 
and I did a bunch in a row and I ended up having to go to the physical therapist. Why? Because of shaking hands with so many, with hundreds of people for days in a row, I got what they call politician's elbow. And, um, it's a combination of golf elbow and tennis elbow. <laughs> it's, it's really painful. And it took, uh, it took about a year of physical therapy to remedy it on my right hand. Because again, I'm a pretty slight guy. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. Many of you are much bigger than me. And many of you are very excited to meet me. So when you meet me and you put out your hand and you shake my hand, you give it a big firm. And you know what? It, after, after doing that like three to 400 times in a day, it is, it wrenches the arm so badly. It, it's really painful. So if you meet me at a con and I don't shake your hand, please don't be offended. It's because I'm trying to save my arm because I already am in physical therapy for my left arm because I've damaged my shoulder and that's, and my right arm was in physical therapy. So also the other thing that damages the arm at cons is sitting there writing all day, signing. So I'm shaking hands and then I'm signing and I'm overusing and working that right hand. So if I give you the fist bump or I give you a nod, I may even give you a hug. I, 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 I'm fine with hugs. People, a lot of times will come up and go, can I give you a hug? I feel like I've known you for years. Sure. You can give me a hug. I don't mind giving people hugs. Come on. Uh, that connection is great. Shaking hands is, is wonderful. It's great. Except it, it hurts my, my hand and my arm. And so I have to try to watch the amount of hands I shake at cons, but, uh, do I have fond memories? Yes. I have wonderful memories of MCM comic-con this last year in London. What a great time I had. I did my stage show there. That was the last time I really did my stage show. And I'm going to do an episode on the podcast of the stage show, my stage show. If you've, if you've never watched my stage show in its entirety, you can see it on my YouTube channel. Go to James Arnold Taylor's YouTube channel. It'll be youtube.com slash user slash James Arnold Taylor, or just search in YouTube, James Arnold Taylor. You'll find my page and you can look through all the videos and, uh, look for talking to myself. It is the, or you can watch the shorter version. Here's the best way to actually do it. You know, now that I think about it, go to my website, jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Click on, what do you do? Uh, let me, let me go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com and see. <laughs> Cause I don't remember. What do you do? You click on, go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com and click on stage show. And there it is talking to myself and you can watch the various versions of the show. Oh, look at that. I even, somebody uh, posted on YouTube, the version at Anaheim with an audience of 5,500 people. So you can watch the various versions of my stage show talking to myself. So um, fondest memories I have, yeah, recently were in London. One, going to London and just being there for a week. That was lovely. And meeting all of you and doing uh, the panels and such. And I do the Twisted Tune panels and things with Jeff Zanini and all of them, Jess Harnell and all my friends. And then I got to do my stage show talking to myself and it was so much fun. So uh, that was the one that Lewis was at. So there you go. Hey, you know, if you do want to send a comment, an email or something like that to me, uh, you can do that again at jamesarnoldtaylor.com. When you go there to check out my uh, stage show, you can also then click on the link that says chat show. Click on the chat show link. 
And then uh, it gives you all the information for sending me a question. The top of it there, there's an asterisk and it says, choose a topic, choose the Jatcast podcast or any of the other things there. But generally that would be for the, if you want it to be read on the show, choose Jatcast podcast, then fill out all your name and information and, uh, and country and then the message. And you can type a message there. And if there is a special pronunciation on your name, feel free to uh, spell that out for me on on that as well okay there you go hey we have had such a great time here today i hope you've enjoyed the podcast it's been uh, a fun one and um, i've shared with you some things that i think are important for all of us okay for pursuing our dreams because why because every podcast i want you to learn something new i want you to grow and i want you to feel as though you've got something in your tool belt for life uh, that you can start putting into practice and put into play you know, this year, I'm really trying to figure out all the various ways I can help people and uh, and do things. I'm t- I talked about this last episode. I'm, I'm thinking about building a new Jat Studios that would have a place for my video, a place for my audio where I'd actually record the podcast from from now on, a place where I would teach classes and open my little voiceover academy, a place where I would paint and do my painting and my artwork, and a place where... Um, I would just grow the whole thing. Costs a lot of money. So I'm 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 really hoping and praying. So if you're one that prays, pray with me, would you? Pray that um God opens doors for me to make the money to rent out this space so I can create new content for all of you because my dream and goal for for 2019 is that I create new shows and things, uh, television shows, podcast stuff that really helps with practical applications in life because that's what most of you are sending me in emails. James, you know, I'm confused about this in life. I'm I'm starting college here. I, I want to pursue this here. I'm, I just got out of college. I'm here. I'm married. I've been married for this long and I, I want to do this. I want to know more about God. I want, you know, all, you all have all these wonderful questions and I feel I have answers that can help you along the way. But the thing is, is it, it does, it costs money to do all of these things. And I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not one that likes to ask. So I'm not going to ask for money, but I would ask for your prayers that you would all pray and think positive for me and hope that there's ways that new doors of opportunity will open up for James Arnold Taylor to create new content that helps you get inspired and then you create new content and you change the world because really that's what it's all about for me is I want to feel the weight of your life impact the world and then I feel it in my life. And if people then, you know, when I get those emails and stuff from all of you that say, I'm doing this now, James, because I read your book or because I listened to your podcast or because I saw your show years ago and I was inspired and I held on to that dream and now I'm doing this. My goodness gracious, that's why I'm here. That's what God made me for. That's why I, I you know, because again, I wasn't supposed to be born. You know, I'm, I'm illegitimate. I'm born from an affair. That's a story for another time. But uh, so... The odds were not stacked on James being here. I was put here for a reason. God wanted me here. And I believe the reason God wants me here is to show all of you the beauty of life, the truth of God, and that he wants more for you in your life if you open your doors and heart, uh, the, the doors of your heart to him and allow him in to work in your life. And that I'm here just to encourage you and be that ambassador of inspiration to you. So that's why I'm here. That's what makes me happy. If I could be a gazillionaire on my own, uh, no, if I could just be a, uh, uh, a person that was financially stable without 
the cares of having to work a day job to pay the bills. I would create a network that is free for all of you to learn how to grow and achieve your dreams because that's what's important to me. So that's what I'm doing here with the podcast in whatever way I can. And I hope to do more so with a new Jat Studios to come in 2019. So, you know, pray with me if you would. Think positive for me if you would. And keep going and believing that together, next year at this time, we will have achieved a lot more. Okay? I, I, I so appreciate all of you coming in and being a part of the show. Let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy to close the show, huh? Oh, Mr. Announcer Guy. Oh, yes, James. Hey, so you know what? I was noticing on Libsyn.com, they said uh, that we should update our copyright to 2019. So at the end of the, your little spiel there, make sure you say 2019, okay? You got it, James. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumigo Inc. Recorded at Jet Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Yeah, there you go. It's a new year. We got new stuff. Very exciting. Can't wait to see you all. Or, well, see, you won't see me. I won't see you. But for all of you, although, hey, real quick, before I say goodbye, did you all watch the little videos? And have you also made sure you follow me on the new Twitter uh, account for the Jat Show, Talking to Myself podcast? Make sure you do. It is at the Jatcast. At the Jatcast. Uh, follow me there as well. If you follow me on Twitter, follow me at, at JatActor and follow the, the show at the JatCast, okay? Uh, and if so, I hope you saw some of those videos of me behind the scenes doing all the voices together. There you go. All right. I'm going to say goodbye now. Goodbye, Mr. Announcer Guy. Bye-bye, James. Goodbye, Bob. Hey, Bob. Oh, uh, goodbye, James. Goodbye, Billy. Goodbye, <laughs> Billy. Billy. I'm sorry. James, sir. Billy. James, sir. Whatever. Goodbye, Hank. Yeah, 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 hello. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Goodbye, the rest of you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next week. Well, we'll hear you next week. You'll hear me next week. All right. Bye-bye.